Hey guys, I'm Chantel. And I'm Chris. And this is Forgotten Fridays. Hey, Forgotten Fridays listeners and Chris. I'm excited to tell you this case today. I've mentioned it multiple times, and honestly, it's become very important to me. With a possibly innocent man's life hanging in the balance of the Texas justice system, I feel it is important to tell this case. Rodney Reed has been fighting being killed by the Texas justice system for 26 years since the murder of Stacey Stites. But I'm going to tell this case unbiasedly and only include the facts, as any case should be told. This is the case of Stacey Stites. Stacey Stites was a 19-year-old woman living in Giddings, Texas, which is right outside of Bastrop. Most important thing about Bastrop would be the Buckies. Would you not agree? Um... Uh, yeah, yeah. The Bucky's is nice. If you guys don't know, it's really big. Do they have Bucky's other places, or do we? Um, do like... Bucky's is other places now. The largest one was some. I can't remember where it is here, but now it won't be anymore. It's somewhere else. But it's basically like a Texas thing for sure. Yeah, everything's bigger here. So just think a really big convenience store. Yeah, it's really big for no reason. Well, actually, for great reason. I'm not even going to shave yeah. Bucky's. Bucky's is that place. Like, you can pull up there. There are like 15 cars there, but you still get a pump. Yep. Wow. And then like on the inside, they have any and everything you could ever dream of. That's the place that you go into and spend $100 and not understand no why, reason. but you're happy about it. Pulled brisket. All of it. Everything. But anywho, she lived with her fiance, Jimmy Fennell who is a local police officer, and they were going to get married in about three weeks at the time of her murder. She also worked at the HEV and Bastrop in the produce section. Everyone in Texas knows no store does more than HEV. For those outside of Texas, just know it's an incredible grocery store. I worked there myself also when I was 18 years old, and maybe this is a part of the reason I connected with this case when I heard it. And just a cool HEB little fact, they actually offered a $50,000 reward for information leading to the capture of her killer, but it went unclaimed. According to her mother, she had taken the early morning shift to earn an extra 50 cents per hour because she was saving up for her wedding dress. Now, before I go any further, I want to make mention of some history of Bastrop County. Basically, it was racist as fuck during this time. This is the 90s. Hell, many parts of Texas still are. This is a known thing, so keep that in mind throughout this case. Also, trigger warning, this case will involve rape. I hate the cases with rape. You and me both. On April 23rd, 1996, Jimmy Fennell told investigators that Stacy went to bed before he did, and he did not awaken to her alarm ringing, but knew she had to leave for work at 3 a.m. I also seen sources that said he claimed they showered together before she left. Bastrop High School was on the route to the grocery store, so remember that. After Stacy didn't arrive to her 3.30 a.m. shift, the store called her mother around 6.45 a.m. and let her know that basically Stacy didn't show up, which was not like her at all. Carol, Stacy's mother, then called Jimmy, who came downstairs to borrow Carol's car since Stacy had his red pickup truck. She then called the police. Apparently, Stacy's mother lived in an apartment below the couple. Now, around 3.11 p.m., police received a call that an unidentified body had been found in some bushes near a dirt road behind, Bra- ba- behind Bastrop High School, just off County Road 1441, seven miles outside the city limits. 
The pickup truck she drove regularly to and from work had been found earlier parked at the school nearby. The truck actually belonged to her fiance, Jimmy Fennell. Trigger warning. Authorities determined that Stacy had been beaten, sodomized, and raped before being strangled to death with her own belt sometime between 3 and 5 a.m. She was wearing a black bra and jeans when they found her. A part of the belt that had been used to kill her was near her body, and the other part had been found at the truck. Her body had also been partially burned, and her shirt was found near the crime scene. I also want to make mention that the only evidence in regards to fingerprints and things like that found on the truck were that of Stacy and her fiancé, Jimmy. Keep that in mind as well. Okay, that, that adds up. Um, I've said before that strangling is, it does fall into that realm of a very close, very, one of those crimes of passion. And up until this point, this is proven true and accurate, so. Yes, I definitely agree. That was very noticeable to me as well. By the time Stacy's body was found, Texas Ranger L.R. Rocky Wardlow had already been notified, and he later became lead investigator on the multi-jurisdictional case. According to Wardlow's testimony, Jimmy immediately became the prime suspect. The Texas Ranger would later inform the court that the four or five police interrogations of Jimmy were very intense, yet the investigative report, as well as numerous other reports filed by the investigators from both the Bastrop Police Department and the Bastrop Sheriff's Office failed to confirm the intensity with which Wardlow said Jimmy was scrutinized. Jimmy was interviewed once on April 23rd by then Bastrop Police Chief Ronnie Duncan, once by Wardlow on April 25th and on April 29th. Jimmy stopped by the Sheriff's Office to tell investigators about some items he felt were out of place in his truck. On that same day, six days after the murder, the pickup truck Stacy had presumably driven was returned to the man Wardlow referred to as the prime suspect. As a result, defense attorneys were never afforded the opportunity to confirm any DPS test results, nor were they able to conduct any of their own forensic investigation on the truck. So just to be clear, six days after she's been murdered, they return him his vehicle, a part of the crime scene. That's a red flag. You know, it just feels so fitting for Texas, though. Yeah. <laughs> Tampering with the evidence. <sighs> Investigators met again with Jimmy on October 3rd to administer, wow, to administer a polygraph exam, which Wardlow reported indicated Jimmy was deceptive on relevant questions. Finally, on December 18th, investigators met with Jimmy for the last time to administer another polygraph exam with similar results. Jimmy's test reported a deceptive finding relating to relevant questions, specifically whether or not he had strangled Stacy Stites. Wardlow notes that Jimmy was interviewed following the second failed exam, but maintained that he had no involvement in or knowledge of Stacy's death. Jimmy said he failed the polygraph because he was so distraught over his fiance's death. Then he asked for an attorney. According to the police report, he was never interviewed again. Wardlow's report includes lengthy accounts of the process by which other suspects were eliminated, but no similar accounting for Jimmy. I will say that if you are already preparing for the fact that you need a lawyer, your most chances 
probably guilty. It looks very suspicious. That is yeah. for sure. Especially after failing twice. I've heard we've done cases where they failed, you know, like they've done an initial one and they never follow back up, but they're usually deceptive and they're usually guilty mm -hmm. when they are deceptive. I know that the, the polygraph tests don't really stand up in court or can't right. be used as evidence, but they should be because uh, you're lying. Like, why are you tensing up? Even if you're getting emotional, you know, like it's there's actually law enforcement most times actually learn how to read certain emotions in people's faces because certain emotions are subconscious or will pop up subconsciously where it's like oh you're lying you're tensing up right here so it's one of those things yeah i will definitely say with the polygraphs if somebody has failed twice you may not be able to take that to court but you can at least pay more attention to them because they failed twice now, could it have been an emotional experience? For sure. But why wouldn't you investigate that more? And then he asked for a lawyer, which no shade to that, because to be honest, you should all get lawyers. Um, yeah, from the, from the moment you're in custody. But it is pretty um, convenient and not to be for somebody who he's a cop. Let's keep that in mind. He's a cop. So, Jimmy? Yes, Jimmy. I, did, I haven't said that yet. No. I am so sorry. Jimmy is a Giddings Police Department cop. So he works for Giddings, which is right next to Bastrop. Keep that in fucking mind. Oh, I also found it interesting. If you notice earlier on, this is this is just a small tidbit, but earlier on, the uh, where her job actually contacts her mother. Mm -hmm. That just shows that in a world without social media, everything like people were able to be communicate like communicate within communities now it's like everything's so broad you have friends on social media that you don't even know so it's just one of those things yeah i can definitely see that wardlow told the court that investigators never even requested a search warrant for the apartment that jimmy and stacy shared because he said the investigators lacked probable cause however according to other law enforcement officers interviewed by the austin chronicle Obtaining either Jimmy's consent or a warrant to search the apartment should have been standard procedure, since that was the last place anyone had seen Stacy alive. Austin attorney Jimmy Brown even said that DPS had not even completed all the forensic testing on the pickup truck when it was released back to Jimmy Fennell. But the investigation of Jimmy, or lack of, apparently became mute in March of 1997. No, in March of 1997 when David Board of the Bastrop Police Department brought to Wardlow's attention a 1995 sexual assault case in the police files. In May of 1995, Carolyn Rivas, a former girlfriend of Rodney, had told a social worker that Rodney had forced her to have sex. The caseworker called the police, who collected DNA from Rivas's bed, which matched Rodney. Rodney told investigators the sex was consensual, Revis declined to testify to a grand jury, and the case was dropped. Following that old lead, investigators soon matched Rodney's DNA to that found in Stacy's body. And less than a month later, Reed was charged with capital murder. That is, um, it's kind of BS to use just the fact that he was associated with a crime of this nature, not even a murder. Like yeah, he wasn't convicted. Even... That is one thing I noticed as well. He wasn't even convicted. It was alleged. Um, because you have things like uh the the case of what's his name um Armatillo Steele. 
where it was like he was falsely accused of raping a woman. And it's always tough for me with these kind of things because it's like you want to take rape seriously. Mm -hmm. Like if it's brought up, but there are situations where, you know, like Mm -hmm. they were set up. Like these men were just put into this situation or, you know, like things changed. So it's like, it's really hard. This is a... And I think that the more we go into this case, you will find that, especially in this situation, especially in this, I'm always the first one to be ready to rain a guy alive if I in defense of a woman because nine times out of ten it isn't a lot but like you said there are certain situations where it does happen and in this case and I don't want to we'll get it let's just because it's it's a it's a thing where like um I've I I remember going to high school there was a uh as soon as this guy broke up with her I forget his name. It was like Ethan or something. But as soon as he broke up with his girlfriend, she told her parents that, you know, like he had raped her, like, you know, it wasn't consensual and they had been dating for like so long. So if that was the case, you would think that there would be like some sort of cross up, but they were together for Mm -hmm. a while. So then he ends up getting in trouble, which was really, really messed up because it ruined his young life. It's a really tough situation because a lot of men have gotten away with it. So you do want to believe, you do want to, but there are cases where it's not. And I'm going to let you guys know right now, Rodney's past, this isn't it. His past isn't pretty. The things you're about to hear aren't pretty. But the question at hand is, did he murder Did he do this? That is a, that's actually a really good point because you could be guilty for other crimes Mm -hmm. and no one's going to excuse you from those, but you should not be tried for a crime you did not commit because that makes the person who did commit this crime, get off scot-free. And now we have that situation where you're walking around with a murderer, not just a rapist, but a murderer. This crime is death penalty in Texas. So this is not you just sitting in jail. This is your life being taken from you. I also find it funny that, um, they did incredible investigative work finding this old girlfriend, this evidence, but they couldn't investigate Jimmy at all. Couldn't do an investigation yeah. on the house. You know, this is it's old, this is old school tactics for like police officers where it's like, okay, I'll find somebody yep. who fits the MO. Because they did yep. this with with a few other serial killers, like uh um what's his name? The Zodiac. Yep. There were a Just few people who were thrown out. Yes. Or whatever. We we had that one case where the guy said they did it, and then literally as soon as he cuts the deal with them, I didn't do it. Yeah, I didn't kill him. And so we now, have a little bit of that here too. Now, for almost a year, police investigators considered and eliminated more than twenty suspects in the murder, and it seemed they were no closer to finding the killer. That is until April fourth, nineteen ninety seven, when they arrest twenty nine year old Bastrop resident Rodney Reed and charge him with the rape and murder of Stacy. They made the connection to Ronnie by matching his DNA found in the body to that that they got from that 1995 sexual assault case. Authorities also claim they began to suspect him based on similarities to an attack on another woman six months after Stacy's murder on November 9th, 1996. Linda Schluter, she was also 19, allegedly Linda had agreed to give a ride to a man she met after stopping at a drive-up payphone at a now closed Long Star Mart. When he went to drop, when she went to drop him off, he attacked her and said he would kill her if she failed to perform sexual acts on him. 
but then fled the scene with her vehicle after car lights approached. Rodney was detained for that crime based on Linda's description of her attacker, and she also picked him out of a photo lineup. And the police department was actually familiar already with Rodney due to the previous arrest. And Linda's vehicle was found close to where Stacy's vehicle had been abandoned at Bastrop High School. So I have a lot to feel and say about this part. When I was investiga investigating, I wasn't investigating. I wasn't there. In, in 96, your girl was four. <laughs> I had just been born. You know, um, I wasn't investigating, but I would if I could have. <laughs> I was in the womb looking it up. What's going on? <laughs> um, but no, when I was researching this, it, the thing is, guys, in you do your own research and look into this more and you will see I'm not just bringing race as like a end all be all. There was a lot of racial issues in this time. And if you don't know about Texas and its racial history, that's on you, to be honest, because I've told you guys time and time again, many different things that I've found about Texas that deal with race issues. I mean, hello, the Alamo. Anywho, but you have to understand that a lot of crimes back then that were committed on white women which is fucked up. They don't deserve that. That's fucked up. But a lot of times, if it was a black male, any black male they saw in the lineup could end up being who attacked them, right? Because when you've been attacked, your your mind's not all there, you, you know? And, and if you've grown up to be prejudiced, you would, Chris, you would look the same that any black man would if I was prejudiced, right? We hear it all the time. Hell, a little different um, with lighter dudes or just lighter people. It's always like, oh, I can differentiate, you know, right. like a little bit. Oh, yeah. Because he's a lighter shape. But, but with it's... a black guy standing next to four white guys, it doesn't matter what black guy they put there. The description usually. And that's that's what I heard at first when when you say that, like, uh, he fit the description. You hear that with so many different cases where it's like. Oh, yeah, he fit the description. Absolutely. He was black. Absolutely. It doesn't really matter his height because she probably couldn't get a read on height or anything like that. Probably didn't look too closely at facial features because they usually don't say facial features. He was just a black male um, and maybe a tattoo. Maybe you can get a tattoo. Mm -hmm. But other than and see, so that's one of those. It, it really. It's just a tough thing when prejudice comes into play. It's happened before. And, and I mean, tell. sometimes with the police, they will even like, yep, yeah, that's the, the guy. Yes, like, put pressure on you. Doesn't you he look extra familiar? No, like, how not you? Sure, this is him. Are you? Yeah, he's, not he sure? has. He has. An, he has a history. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, and then I also noticed too. And again, not to take anything away from what happened to her, that is horrible. And yeah. whoever did that is fucked up. But they deserve to be to held accountable, right? And so also, too, one thing I noticed is that they say that her vehicle ended up being parked near Stacy's vehicle at Bastrop High School. So you mean to tell me that he knew he had murdered Stacy six months prior, but then goes and parks this next victim's car right by hers? He's That's... either extremely stupid or they set him up. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't really add up. You gotta be fucking hella stupid. Like, Let super me drive dumb. out of my way to go like, park this, is, this. This is just my street. Like this is where I do <laughs> this. This is at. where I dump all my crime vehicles. Um, so anywho, again, 
just a little speculating there, but that is what actually happened that got us to him being arrested. And uh, another thing, I don't know if it, uh, you've probably seen it already, but um, the um, the the female serial killer movie they have on Netflix now, uh, something Boogie Woman. I've never seen that. Why have I not seen that? She was she'd basically do like uh like hooker type stuff and then kill the men. Like Eileen Warnos. Remember might her, be the her. monster girl? It might be it's her. It's about actually. her. Yes. Wow. Yes. You know what, guys? Don't even get me started on her case because she was made to be a monster, but her story is fucking sad. It's really sad, actually. It is so sad. A what? lot of times of like being assaulted by men or yep. like it's really messed up. Yes. So of course she would lash out and, and especially because she was a lesbian. So she was being assaulted by men and was a lesbian. So, of course, she did lash out on violence. But, but at not... a time where being a lesbian isn't exactly. fully accepted. And what's fucked up about it, guys, I hate to distract us here, but the, the worst part to me is that her girlfriend is the one that basically got her turned in. Her girlfriend basically said, you need to tell it. Like, the police had her girlfriend. And they wanted her to convince Eileen to turn herself in. It's always the close So one. she tells Eileen, you know, you should go turn yourself in so I don't get in trouble. Eileen turned herself in 30 minutes or so later so that the other girl wouldn't get in trouble. And she was setting her up the whole time. That broke my fucking heart. I mean, but Bundy's girlfriend, Bundy's wife, it got him turned but in. It's so it's so all good. Up. She really only turned herself in and only got caught I mean, because of her love for that. Either girl. way, you were a murderer. Like, well, she was definitely. Murder. These were these weren't like the good like good these men. These were men that were buying prostitutes and but were abusive because she. You waited. can't just go around murdering. No, people. you may not. But you can't tell me that it wouldn't be fucked up if the person you love and you turned yourself in for them and they didn't even care about you that whole time. She only gave herself up to protect that girl, and that girl didn't give a fuck about her. That's what was fucked up. I don't care that she's in jail, but that broke my heart. She had to do her like that. And she was killed on the death penalty. But anywho, we're getting What distracted. was I saying that for? Um, yeah. <laughs> the there was show. A, there was a reason. The um, gosh. There's something in that that made me bring up that point. But I can't even think about it now. I don't even remember now. So sorry, Chris. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Damn it. But yeah, she had... Okay, so but she had murdered people. Yes. And she was living freely. I think that's along the lines of what I was thinking. <laughs> she... But... Okay, after she had murdered, like, got her first kill, everything after that, she was killing people. Like, she had, then, it was like after doing it once, and it was like a, she didn't mean to, like, I kind of felt forced to. Mm -hmm. She did it after that. Yeah. So, if he had already killed Stacy six months prior to this, why would he only, like, you know, like, why would it be threats at this point? Right. Like, that's just my thing. And know, he robbed a car, too, so... It just seems like I have said it several times. Theft to murder is like, yeah. I can see how you could be pushed to murder someone in a, in a theft situation, which is why there's like certain felonies where it's like now you have um, what is it where you have assault with a deadly weapon mm -hmm. on top of your right, which now makes it a felony. So I can understand how you can be pushed to that, but you were already a murderer. Is my is my point? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard to know, but going back to the DNA found, three sperms were found in Stacy's vagina and saliva found on her chest that matched Rodney Reed. Local law enforcement already had Rodney's DNA on file from an investigation into an alleged rape 
of another woman with intellectual disabilities in May of 1995. So Rodney was officially charged with the murder of Stacey Stites on April 4th, 1997 and held without bond. He was indicted and charged with two counts of capital murder, one count of aggravated sexual assault, and one for murder in the course of kidnapping. His arraignment was scheduled for May 29, 1997, and jury selection began in March of 1998. The jury was described as mostly white, with no African American among the 12 jurors or two alternates. For those questioning why that matters, remember it should be a jury of your peers. Rodney Reed is an African American male. So a full white jury in a racist small town is not a jury of his peers. The case against Rodney relied heavily on that DNA evidence with no additional physical evidence or eyewitness testimony. So Chris, I know what you must be feeling and thinking so far. This is a lot and none of it looks good, right? Just like it's it's hard to determine when like uh, in these like black and white, it's really hard. Like you want to, you want to be on the side of the victim, but it's like, we've been in situations where this hasn't been the case several times that we've been in situations where a black male is defamed or, you know, made to look really, really bad, monstrous. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense for why he was murdered by the cops. You see what I'm saying? So when you're hearing this story, it's like, uh, I want to say he could be guilty, but at the same time, I have heard people be guilty for smoking weed and that's why it's okay that we shot him and left right. his body there. Right. So it's really hard. And on, on the peers side of things, I would like it to be where, yeah, you know, like this black male could be in a room full of white males because they're humans mm-hmm. and they are technically, but they're not peers because these people aren't for him. So it's like, you kind of want to be able to be like, yeah, uh, that that could be a, a court of his a jury of his peers with right. because of their color, you know, differences. But it's like That's you can't think that in this time, right? And especially in the '90s, let's not forget people in the '90s. You that's when you had um, Rodney King. Thank you. And so I mean, this I'm not talking 2012. I'm not that we have issues now with race. Yeah, and still. this was the '90s. So and we're at a point where it's like it's it's where I think. I know a lot of people will say that it's at a like really bad stage, but at the same time, I feel like we're at a point now where it's like, we're not looking at color or differences, especially the, the generation coming up behind ours. Since they don't really know, you know, like what we know. Well, they had us. Exactly. (sighs) Um, I also will say the, the sexual assaults sound terrible. They always Rodney Reed, to be honest, Listen to his interviews, people. Google him. Listen to what he says. He admits that it sounds bad, but all these things you have to remember are alleged. Alleged. Innocent until proven guilty is how it's supposed to be in our in our court system. But for men of color, it's usually the opposite. Mm-hmm. Where you're just guilty. You're guilty. And we already let's know. Let's not forget. That these all seem to be around a similar time. And what the only other person that would be a suspect would be a police officer. So let's not forget all these alleged around the same time. And we'll get to it. You know, I don't want to, I like to get through the case and then tell you my things. But basically, what I'm meaning to say there is that it's not hard to believe that Jimmy and his police friends didn't go around 
threatening these women with things. And you'll see that it comes back. Something like that comes back later here. So, yeah. So Rodney's first mistake in this case was lying to the police. Upon the initial questioning with investigators and before knowing they had the DNA evidence, he said he didn't know Stacy at all. Rodney actually did know Stacy. They had been having a secret sexual relationship. So he knew her fiance was a white police officer in Giddings, Texas, and was scared to mention he was a black man that was now sleeping with a woman that was dead, a white woman. However, obviously with DNA evidence, they already knew Rodney did know Stacy. And lying only made him look guilty. In his own words, he said, it would be best for him not to admit knowing a dead white girl. He also said, I knew she was seeing a cop and we're in the South. There is still a lot of racism going on. But the prosecutor in the case noted that Rodney had previously used a similar defense of an affair when charged with a different aggravated rape in 1987, which led him to being acquitted. I'm not going to lie. Rodney, I don't like all this sexual assaults associated with your name. I don't like it. It's heavy. It's too much. It's too much. And so so these are previous cases involving yes. him. Okay. Okay. Yes. So, But keep in mind, guys, the reason why I point that out is because I'm right there with you. I don't want you to get confused and be like, what? He was accused of sexual assault six times and you're going to act like that didn't happen? I'm right there with you. I don't like that. But we're talking about the murder of Stacy Stites. Keep that in mind. When you sit on a jury, you are supposed to only think of that murder and everything that goes into that murder. But that's where the policing and how they handle the case and how they, how the prosecution team will pose it to the jury. It's literally playing upon that to where they're like, Oh, You've done this before. You're guilty. And remember, a good defense attorney is supposed to be the one that comes in and says, no, 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 judge. They are not allowed to bring in accusations into a trial that has nothing to do with that. So keep that in mind, people, because there's a reason. We'll come back to it. But keep that in mind. There's um, It's interesting because um, uh, our father will actually talk about or he's told me about a few times his uncle, who I guess would be like our great uncle, our grandmother's brother. Uh, actually was dating a white woman way back then when it wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and her husband was actually a cop. He died. Mm-hmm. Our uncle died. He he, he I died. I remember this story. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. killed in every... Our, our grandmother believed that it was that cop. Yeah. Finding out in... And that's how crazy it was, was that it, it was just so well back then. Yeah, you, you, you didn't even bring it up. You didn't bring it up. So that's a... Th- known better what they would have said or some mm-hmm. crap like that and no one would even care to figure out who killed him or whatever which is there's no justice for for him <laughs> during the trial prosecutor lisa tanner said dna was taken from 15 suspects including stacy's fiance jimmy and individuals who allegedly confessed to or bragged about the killing which is fucking weird clout clout has always been a thing people <sighs> DNA testing eliminated everyone except Rodney as the source of the semen. And at the time, police said they couldn't find anyone that would attest to the relationship between Rodney and Stacy, including her mother and sister. Stacy's mother even claimed that her daughter and fiance looked happy and in love. The prosecution's story was that Rodney ambushed Stacy at a railroad crossing or a stoplight on her way to work on the morning of the murder. To bolster their case, the prosecution brought forward women Rodney allegedly raped, a 12-year-old girl, the intellectually disabled woman, 
and a woman named Vivian Harbottle to testify against him. So again, that's going to look horrible. But what trips me out is how it was allowed for alleged. If he was actually convicted of these rapes, I would understand that. But how it was allowed for them to bring in people who were just alleged, you know what I mean? And again, not taking from what happened to them. I will defend what they, the justice they deserve all day long. In their case. Yes. In their respective case. But it's like to come into a murder for someone and bring other people who aren't actual, like, it's just alleged. That's what kills me about it. Yeah, it's it's the... um. This is a real problem. It's like, this is, this isn't factual evidence that I'm bringing. It's not like, oh yeah, we have him with the, the, the weapon. We have him with, he, he, you know, did this and we, we have physical proof. Yeah. These women can attest because they have also right. experienced a similar situation character with witnesses, him. basically. Mm-hmm. But this is just to to take away from his character. It's else. just attacking his they character. They know they have nothing else. All they have is the DNA. So they need something else. Um, I would be really curious to see um, how he handled these things. Like if this was a televised, you know, courtroom type deal, because I would be really curious to see when these women are being presented, what his facial expressions look like. Because when you watch a serial killer, you watch like Ted Bundy's case was broadcast. And I always go back to that because of that. But it's like you can watch in his face when certain people are brought up the recollection mm-hmm. or an emotion and reliving it yeah one way or another. um another thing i had just watched um drake bell who you know it's always hard to like live through that but it's like watching as the girl is saying certain things and the look on his face the way his facial expression sculpts when he is put back in certain situations you can see this man is guilty he did mm. this it's not even it's not factual or it's not fabricated yeah you know what else trips me out is that alleged crimes could be included in Rodney's case, but you couldn't even call the victims of Kyle Dickenhouse victims in his case. Mm-hmm. And that's usually how it goes. That's so the way that it's handled differently is what always gets me and makes it. To I mean, you said it earlier. If you're black, dude, you're just already you're automatically guilty, and you better fight your way to prove your innocence. It's not when you're black; it's not innocent until proven guilty. And I will say, like people would be like, "Oh, it's a red flag that he lied about knowing her," but you have to understand in black society, yep. it is. You don't tell the you cops aren't your friends. No, and they and they will sit there. They will talk to you all the like. They will tell you, oh, just just be honest with me, and I'll make this. You know, like I'll be you know I'll be lenient pretty much. They do not. As soon as you give your cards up or you say, oh yeah, I know this. If you would have said, yeah, I know her, you're suspect. You're suspect because of the fact that oh yeah, we can put you with her. You say you know her, so boom. You're guilty. You're even more guilty. I mean, that just, just adds so to your guilty. We already know, guys. There's so many cases where the kids in what was it, Central Park Five, things like that. How many times do we know about? Think, think even further back to Emmett Till and situations like that. Where am I saying the right one? Yeah. Okay. And situation in situations like that where black men have literally been buried at the hands of white women's tears. Right. This is why we literally have Karen's law now. Right. Literally, because 
so just keep that in mind when you're trying to question why he lied. It's called fear. And if you yeah. don't believe that black people have it, that's a problem in itself. I fear the cops. I'm not going to lie. First time I was ever pulled over driving with a cop, I freaked out. I freaked out horribly. Like I, I'm pulled over. I'm sitting there acting like I have something on me when I, I had nothing. I literally, everything is fine. I'm cool. I have, I have the, the registration, everything, but I still felt scared like yeah. this. Oh, this yeah. traffic stop, this normal thing, like uh, tell light out. I felt like it was going to be the end I of mean, me. You Why? didn't have your own experiences, though. You were a teenager walking home from school and got stop. trespassing charges, right? Put on you simply because you were black and walking home. Not just that, but growing up 14, 15, cops would stop me all the time walking just because, oh, we, we heard word of, you know, like uh, black kids vandalizing something and y'all fit the description yeah. what huh yeah i did nothing so if you're I, we they harass this. you it is a That's harassment what I was gonna thing say. we mentioned this because like chris just said he would be scared in the situation although chris i'm gonna tell you right now shut your fucking mouth and lawyer up that's what we do around here i got you <laughs> you know but Lawyers be dumb though. They'd be like, "Oh, you don't have to let you win. You don't have to court, talk to them." Court-appointed lawyers. Fuck yeah, they they're overworked. They don't have the time no, to care. No, I mean, I remember my lawyer uh, for that case. She was like, "Oh, you didn't even have to let that cop search your vehicle. You didn't even have to. You didn't even have to do none of that. You didn't have to roll down the window." What do you mean, ma'am? That would have been that right there gives plausible. They have cause now. I am being I'm being suspicious. I'm not cooperating. That's bad. They would have called in four more units and I would not have got to go home at all. It, yeah. It's very easy to say that it's very different. That's how the law away. should work. That's what I'm saying. The law should work that way, but it doesn't. I don't know why it doesn't. It just doesn't. And don't don't hurt their ego. Heard a cop's ego, and especially in Texas. Yep, don't act like you know what you know. Don't act like you know laws, things like that. You're just going to piss people off. We've Sandra, Sandra Blim. Thank you. I'm going to cover her fucking case, too. But that's not the point. Uh, Javier Ambler, he didn't even do anything. He was just literally trying to get to a hospital. We've talked about it. There is literally Williamson County who was literally playing a game with people's lives, trying to hurt people at yeah. traffic stops. So, yeah. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> and we're dealing with a cop in this one. So I already, it's already looking like a wrap for Jimmy. What do you mean for Rodney? I'm talking about Jimmy. I, I One, I don't like the name Jimmy. Jimmy's a bad name. I know, Jimmy Fanella like, seems like I feel bad because that's like, that's what our grandpa's name was. <laughs> James Jimmy. Is James a nickname for Jimmy? Yeah. That makes no they called, sense. They called James Jimmy. It's like Richard and Dick. And I didn't know that our dad's middle name was our grandma's name. Yeah, Darian has it too. Oh my god! It's like a pass down thing. Like you get the, the name, or you get the name. Like okay. you have to. Okay. Well, moving on. In their opening statements to the court, Reed's court-appointed attorney said they could readily explain the DNA found in Stite's body. Initially unknown to Jimmy Fennell, they said Reed was having a sexual affair with Stites. A relationship the attorneys argued would be not only scandalous, but also dangerous in small town Texas. There was interracial dating in this case, Reed's attorney Lydia Clay Jackson told the jury. And you will hear from people who will talk to you about the fact that there was a secret affair. 
Clay Jackson also pointed out that the only evidence that Stacy awakened on the morning of April 23rd, 1996 and left for work or that she was even alive to do so was the testimony of one man, Jimmy Fennell. Clay Jackson said that the defense would not only demonstrate to the jury that Reed was having an affair with Stacy, but that Jimmy had somehow discovered the relationship, giving him a highly personal motive, indeed a passion to kill his fiance. That's a strong defense. Definitely. And here's the thing about defenses. If this is the one thing about being a defense attorney. Whatever you say, if you do not prove in trial, you know, whether the person is innocent or guilty, the jury is going to convict them. Because if you say anything and you don't prove it, they think you're a liar, they don't trust you, and they will convict you. But it's funny because the prosecution can say a bunch of things not proving a damn Literally. thing. Literally. And, and they will believe them. Oh. But as the trial proceeded, the defense failed to deliver on its promise. Certain crucial evidence was apparently not made available to them, and his court-appointed defense team just truly did a terrible job of defending him at all. For example, although numerous people were prepared to testify that Rodney and Stacy had been lovers, defense attorneys presented only two of them during the trial, and apparently ignored another witness who could have provided Rodney with an alibi for the night of the murder. According to the records, many people Stacy worked with also knew about the affair, but everyone was afraid to speak up. I mean, Jimmy's a police officer. And the defense failed to challenge other critical evidence, specifically the medical testimony provided by Travis County Medical Examiner Roberto Bayardo, who concluded that Stacy had been raped and then murdered within an hour of the time she allegedly left for work, around 3 a.m. Reed's attorneys called no medical experts of their own to challenge Bayardo's opinions or to lend weight to their own theory of the crime. And there is one essential piece of physical evidence that Rodney's defense attorneys say they never even knew existed. A state DPS lab report dated May 13, 1998, analyzed DNA taken from two beer cans found near Stacy's body. For reasons never satisfactorily explained, that lab report was never provided to the defense prior to or during Rodney's trial. The analysis excluded Rodney, but two other potential suspects, former Bastrop police officer Ed Salmella, now dead by suicide, and former Giddings police officer David Hall, a good friend and neighbor of Jimmy Fennell, could not be excluded. Had they been aware of that DNA evidence, Clay Jackson said it would have enabled the defense to offer an adequate explanation of how Jimmy Fennell could have traveled from Giddings to Bastrop and then back home by 6.45 a.m. without the pickup truck. When the call came from HEB reporting that Stacy had never arrived for work, and I want to be clear, these were his friends. So why was there evidence found on beer cans near the body of his dead fiance? Basically, he had a lot more help to commit this crime than Rodney did. Also, witness Richard Scrogans said he saw Fennell screaming at Stacy in the parking lot outside the HEB on the week of April 15, 1996. Jimmy was screaming at Stacy, saying, you lying fucking bitch. Fennell also was walking towards Stacy with his fist raised. Stacy raised her hand several times saying, we cannot do this here. Stacy's downstairs neighbor also made reports of domestic violence between Jimmy and Stacy, but they went ignored. Rodney's cousin, Chris Aldridge, even said four months before Stacy's murder, they were stopped by a Bastrop Sheriff's Office patrol car with two people in it, one of which was Jimmy Fennell, not in uniform. 
He told Rodney he knew about him and Stacy and that Rodney was going to pay. Chris Aldridge was summoned to appear at the trial and was waiting in the rear of the courtroom when Rodney's attorney told him his testimony wouldn't be needed. So that was a lot. Basically, that was all the failings of his defense. So much there. DNA evidence. DNA fucking evidence on beer cans found by her body. Closed case right there. Boom. Done. His friends are there. They picked him up. They drove him. They helped him park the car. Their, their DNA's on the cans there. So if you connect, if you convicted Rodney Reed off his DNA, how do you not convict those two guys too? You must think they were friends with them, right? They must be friends with, with Rodney, if that's what you're saying. If you're saying he killed them, well, their evidence is there. You mean tell they just went out to that specific spot and had a beer a couple days before? Guilt makes people do hella things, guys. The fact that one of these men actually killed themselves mm, looks you. very suspicious. Thank you. And it is very suspicious. That right there shows that he couldn't live with something. Something happened or he was being pressured or maybe he had said, hey, I think I'm going to go forward. And now he's being harassed. And that alone brings pressure. Maybe he was just killed by right. these and men. They could cover it up. Like it is really grand what you can do when you have a seat of power like this that you can abuse or used to fabricate things because notice car comes back. I see when you said that originally, I didn't even know he was a cop. So it's like, I was like, okay, this normal dude, it's normal white privilege. Wow. Mm -hmm. This man gets his car back that fast. Wow. They would have detained that shit for a yeah, while. Yeah. You never <laughs> got it back. <laughs> Sir, uh, we're still looking through your car. We've actually decided we're taking your car forever. Another <laughs> thing we found drugs uh, strapped to the hood of your, we, we believe so we've it. decided we're keeping <laughs> yeah, and you may be needing to come in here soon. Yeah. Uh, we're detaining you. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, I it's just really ridiculous, and it, it plays into this uh, to it all being along the lines of he found out. Yeah. Because you find out the the arguments and everything like that, and you know what really gets me is notice mom's like I thought that they had a beautiful relationship. Mm -hmm. No, mom, she just wasn't telling you Obviously. because of your old ways and how you're still Duh. thinking that we have to force a, a marriage to work. Duh. No, no, he's a freaking psychopath, and I. Sh oh God. And funny how she would come forward and say she they didn't have any issues, but another neighbor said he heard them multiple times having domestic violence situations. So did and you honestly, just want to ignore mom? Something. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, drop that Fred, you remember? That's literally what that yes. movie depicts. You never really think about it as a child, but that movie is depicting that the mom's trying to push her into a relationship with someone who doesn't give a damn also about a Tyler her. Tyler Perry movie like that. Remember? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he was abusive as hell. Yep. It's always that older, set in your ways mom that thinks yeah. you just have to marry anyone. Yeah, we not doing that no more, Grandma. We done no, with that. No, We done with that. You ain't gonna hit me no more. You is not. And yeah, that's just not happening. Anywho. So he was sentenced to death on May 28th of 1998 after a four-hour deliberation. Prosecutors pushed for the death penalty, arguing that Rodney was likely to pose a danger in the future based on his history and previous charges. Now, here's where shit starts to piss me off, because as an American citizen, we have certain rights afforded to us in the justice system, or at least we're supposed to. He was convicted in 1998, and it is now 2022. He tried multiple times to have his case looked at again and reopened and nothing. 
In 2001, after the DNA analysis was discovered by Rodney himself as a newly provided document in his case file, Bastrop District Judge Harold Townsley granted Rodney an evidentiary hearing. But the court ruled the new evidence would not have been enough to create reasonable doubt for the jurors, which is crazy to me because all this shit you just, I just explained to y'all is 100% reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. Like, even if Rodney is guilty, that shit afforded him a new trial. Because there is too much reasonable doubt. Yeah. In February of this year, Rodney's subsequent state habeas appeal was also denied because the justices ruled that his court-appointed attorney had failed to file the appeal by the legal deadline. And if all this evidentiary detail were not enough to cast doubt on the certainty of Rodney's conviction, the case records also show that Jimmy Fennell twice failed that lie detector test while being questioned about the crime. That is, on each of those polygraph tests, Jimmy had showed deception when asked whether or not he had strangled Stacy. So everything we said earlier, and then remember, let's wrap it back around. He failed polygraphs. Yeah. About the strangling. How, you know, like you failed about strangling, about the strangling part. Like, that's really strange to me. So can you not answer? Why is that making you so tense? Because you was probably drinking when you did it. And now you're in your right mind. And it's like, oh, oh, I shouldn't have. Maybe I shouldn't have because you're one of those people who re- most oh, yeah. most police officers in this time. You're one of those people who's abusing power. hundred mm-hmm. percent. You are. Oh, yeah. You are a big bully. I'm just saying it gets worse. Jimmy Fennell is a piece of asshole shit that should never see the light of day. But he does. But anywho. In addition, at least one of Stacy's own relatives remains unconvinced by the trial's outcome. That person who had asked to remain anonymous at the time said it needs to be investigated more than what was done. I don't think it was investigated the way it should have been. I don't feel that Rodney Reed killed her. He didn't have to rape her. Let's put it that way. The same relative said there are other relatives of Stacy who share the same opinions. Stacy's friend Ronnie Revel told investigators in February of 1997 about a conversation he'd had with her before her death where she told him her and her boyfriend were having problems and also that the boyfriend had a violent temper. The lead was never pursued and he was never called to testify. Jimmy would later go to prison for 10 years for raping a woman in his custody in 2007. He was a Georgetown police officer at the time. Jimmy kidnapped a 20-year-old woman while on duty and answering a call. I'm going to play the interview she did about what happened. You can also find a link to the audio in the show notes. I was 20 years old, and I lived in Georgetown, Texas. Me and my boyfriend and two of our friends were having a get-together and drinking one night. Me and my boyfriend started arguing, and I took off out of our friend's apartments and ran downstairs and ran out into the parking lot, and he chased after me, and we started fighting and arguing and yelling at each other and to the point that the neighbors called the Georgetown Police Department for a disturbance. Three police office cop cars showed up, and Fennell was one of them. They, they separated me and my boyfriend. They took him to the side, and Fennell, Jimmy Fennell Jr. actually is the police officer who pulled me to the side and started talking to me. 
and then they ended up swapping. The officers did. So Jimmy Fennell Jr. went over to my boyfriend, and the other police officer came to me. And I guess um, Jimmy Fennell Jr. started questioning my boyfriend of how I was intoxicated because we were underage. And he told him that, you know, I had got drunk at my job. We didn't want to get our friends in trouble because they were of age. And he asked him what I did, and he told him that I was a dancer. So they arrested my boyfriend for public intoxication, who at the time was in the military. So they took him to the Georgetown Police Department and booked him. Well, it left me alone at the apartment complex in Georgetown with uh, Jimmy Fennell Jr., And he, at that time, told me that they didn't arrest my boyfriend, that they had actually just taken him to a hotel room to separate us for the night so that the confrontation didn't get any worse. And I was pretty hysterical and freaking out about them taking him. So I asked, you know, can he come back? Can you bring him back? And he told me no. And he said that, however, he would take me to him and drop me off there. So he opened the front of his police vehicle, and I got in the front, and he turned the heater on because I was cold, so it kept me warm. And we started driving. Well, at that point, I wasn't very familiar familiar with Georgetown, Texas. I didn't live there very, very long, so I really had no clue, you know, if we were going the wrong direction or not. And um, he ended up taking me to a, a kind of a park area. Um, it, it was it pretty much was like a jogging place. It had a strip of cement and you know trees and grass and stuff. And he asked me to get out of the vehicle, so I um, I stepped out of the vehicle and asked him, you know, what was going on, what we were doing, how come he wasn't taking me to the hotel, and that's when he uh, proceeded to ask me to dance for him. And I told him no, that I wouldn't do that. And when I told him no, it made him pretty angry. So he then grabbed me and slammed me up against the back of his patrol car. And um, he took his belt off that has, like, their guns and their weapons and stuff on it. And he slowly individually started pointing out which each thing on his belt was. And he took his gun out, and he placed it against my head, and he um, raped me. He had sexual intercourse with me. And I kept telling him no, and he wouldn't stop. And um, after he was done, he put me back into the patrol car and told me that if I ever told anybody that when he got out of prison, he would hunt me down, and he would kill me. So he then gave me, this is the sick part, he then gave me his personal card and took me back to the apartments and told me that I was going to be a good girl and keep my mouth shut and that I was going to call him tomorrow and after he went to his child's soccer game with his wife, he'd come back and pick me up. And he watched me walk all the way back up to the apartments and up the stairs and sat there in his patrol car until I banged on my friend's door. They opened it, and I went inside, and we called 911, asking for a rape kit, and told them what had done, what had happened. Um, I went back outside 
waiting for the ambulance because it was a very big apartment complex. So, you know, it could have caused confusion. And when I went back outside, I was on the phone with 911 waiting for the ambulance to show up. And Jimmy Fennell Jr. and the other fellow officer that was with him on the first call pulled into the apartment complex. So I took off running and screaming on the phone with 911, asking them how come they sent the same officer that I had just told them raped me. And dispatch was very confused, saying that they didn't dispatch any officers. They only dispatched an ambulance. Um, I took off running. They got out of the cars and took off chasing me on foot, the officers. And I ran up um, some stairs, and I got cornered in pretty much. And there was no way to go back down without going through the police officers. And uh, one of them walked up and grabbed my phone out of my hand and hung hung up on 911. And I kept, I was looking around. I couldn't see Jimmy Fennell anywhere. So I was very dazed, confused because I saw him pull in. So at that point, the police officers told me that I was under arrest for public intoxication, put me back in one of their patrol cars in handcuffs. And the second I was in custody and they shut the door, Jimmy Fennell Jr. came out hiding from behind a tree. They had hit him to get me to come down the staircase. Um, they arrested me and took me to jail before the ambulance could get there. I, as we were exiting the apartments, the ambulance pulled in and Jimmy Fennell Jr. went and was talking to the ambulance. And they took me to jail and held me in a jail cell for nine hours until... Um, some detectives showed up and got me out and took me to a hospital in another town for a rape kit. The fact that you would get raped and go to jail and sit nine yeah. hours in jail. And he was convicted of this. He was. In 2008, Jimmy pled guilty to reduce charges in connection with that 20-year-old woman's rape and sentenced to 10 years. So I want it to be known that for alleged r- rapes or things Rodney Reed was convicted. That wasn't brought up for Jimmy. Like this wasn't brought up or used. Uh, a conviction. This is a conviction. This this person can take the stand and say he did this. It is known. It's a hundred percent proven. Who knows there for being brave? So if we're using if we're using things like past, if we're using stuff like that, we Jimmy this could just be used. As much of a, he's and just, he fell twice. And he has reasonable he's motive. And he's there's. More. If rape allegations are what gets you convicted, he would be more of a suspect than Ronnie. Because like you said, the, the failed This woman said that she felt like he was going, like, he even says, I will kill you. Yeah. Like, yeah. so that's not just rape. That's, I will kill you. I will come back. I will kill you. That's a verbal affirmation that I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. I don't plan on, you know, you living and whatnot. If you tell on me. And notice that the call comes through, the dispatch call comes through, and the system is so corrupt that this man is alerted. Yep. He was alerted because that's the only that. way he would have been able to come back. Well, not even just that, but he's so he was in Giddings before. Now he's in Georgetown, which is another small town, and he's already got the pool to where the police are helping him out. Georgetown's actually the capital of Williamson. So oh, I know. The, it is oh, the I head. Know. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like to the point where he had his compadres, his fellow work people helping. They arrested her. They arrested her. They hid him until, and arrested her. So he has this kind of pool. I can't imagine the pool he had where he's from. In Giddings. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, and that's where he's from, right? Like that's yeah. that's his hometown. I'm just saying, people, this 
you hear stuff like this and it makes it really hard to like like yeah i know there are good cops but it's like where were they in this situation to use your power with any to of these women. yes God. And then for other people to stick up for you yes. or take your side yes. after you raped a woman, you broke the yes. law that we are here to protect and you get 10 years for it. You get 10 years for ruining someone's life and, and just... then become a pastor. He became a fucking pastor. Ain't no saving you from that, bro. You go to hell. Like you can go to hell hundred percent. Any God that allows you in, bro, I will sit there in hell. I, they'll be like, why are you here? Because I won't be with Jimmy Finnell. No. Fuck that guy. No. <laughs> there better be a separate section of maybe like he has to watch people go into heaven as he's stuck right. on the outside, like never able to get in. I can't stand that. I hate that abuse of power. And I hate the fact that that's not being brought up in a case against him for why he is actually the one who is guilty because this other man had his complete name thrown in the dirt. And just rain through, you know, row and everything. So it's a hearing, and that's what makes this case really hard because, like, rape is a real thing. But yeah. the way that African American lives are handled in the justice system has always been so fucked up that as someone who I I've seen both sides, but at the same time I have also seen how this plays out. And for someone of color. And we've like also this... seen so many times how white tears are literally the death of black men. Yes. And how power is used. It's men of power like that who have gotten away with things like that and are continuing to get away with things like that who are now only because of us, our young generation, mm -hmm. saying, oh, wait, nah, that's, that's kind of wrong. You can't yeah. do those things. You can't kill someone and get away with that. You can't work with another country. And, and, and fight all these old-ass people in power. Who, who think that it's, it's okay or, or being bullied into, oh, yeah, no, you're under No, fuck that. Fuck your power. Your power means nothing. Once you you do this thing that is taboo, that you, in our minds, we know that is wrong to take another person's life. We have been taught that that is wrong. So it doesn't matter who you killed. It doesn't matter who you raped. You took something. You are, you are guilty. So for justice sake, we have to see you be convicted or else the system is broken and there is no law. It doesn't matter if you're black. It doesn't matter if you're white. You should be able, it should be to a point where Oh, this person where I could, you could bring up Rodney Reed's name and I would be like, yeah, he's guilty. He raped this woman. I could say that. But the fact that the evidence isn't adding up for Rodney Reed in this situation, it doesn't, we're not talking about uh, the Diaz, uh, um, right. the girl you brought up. It, because in those cases, maybe, maybe I could, I could hear right. it and I'd I be like, say, yeah, he's guilty. Say, we won't speak on those because we can't say we weren't there. We don't have the evidence in that. So, but, but the fact with this man yeah. that he has done this and gotten convicted yeah. and it's not brought up for we could use this to defame your character on a case of why you killed your wife or, or, even, or your fiance or even because you have more of a case. You have more of a cause. I can right. say that right. this man, it's just like her friend said, and we have that on y'all can go back in the playback. Shan literally said that her friend said he had no reason to rape her. No yeah. reason. They were sleeping together. So that alone, but for a woman who didn't want to be with a man, it would make sense that she, that that's the oldest trick in the book that you could be with a person and it's not rape, 
but there are several times where you could be with someone. Ike Turner and Tina Turner have a scene in, in that movie where it's very telling, yeah. where he comes in there and he rapes and her and she didn't want it. a lot of men use that as a way to demean the woman. It's the only thing they can do. And if he felt like he, like she cheated and especially with as it's been quoted that he said she wasn't in lover. We know what the saying is. I'm not going to say it. It's been said by that, by his own friends. So you don't, you don't think that he to, to. They've been doing that for years. Right. That's been done and for to years. to shame her and all that, he wouldn't assault her so bad to, because that's the thing. He sodomized her. Especially, guys, in Bastrop especially, there were um, large cases of lynching. I was going to say, you can go out there right now and they got the, the little cross thing, those big ass crosses, and there's three of them. Always reminds me of fucked up shit. I don't know. Ugh. But anywho, um, I, I know what you mean, Chris. For him, for Rodney Reed to be convicted simply off of the, allegations, off of allegations of him assaulting other women. And for this man who had way more evidence against him that he committed the crime to then later be convicted of raping women. It, I just don't see how Rodney's not getting a new trial. That's my thing. I don't care what kind of testimony you think you have or how strong of a message that is. No, sir, you are a rapist. No, that yeah. God does not wash that away. You are a rapist. You are a murderer. A murderer cannot be converted. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, he has such a righteous cause. No, you're a fucking murderer. You did that. And you should. For example, guys, just just note that in the Bible, after Cain killed Abel, he was forever marked with a mark that made people not fuck with him because they knew that he did something wrong. So just note that that is that's in the Bible that is being preached by this man. That's hilarious to me. Yeah. Hold on. Hopefully his wife divorced him. No. You don't stay married to that. Not, not after he was convicted of raping well, someone. Oh, because it was after, right? He said she says that he said that he was after his son's soccer yes, game. This disgusting. You know he what? has a wife. And I just read something when I was looking to see what his congregation was or whatever that said that basically when he was released for that crime, he said, let's see. I was just looking at it. I swear if you found God in prison. Jimmy's looking forward to resuming his life with his family in a quiet and peaceful environment, having paid for the crime that he actually did commit. That's what his attorney had said when he was released. Oh, how sweet. A peaceful life after the crime you did commit. You raped someone. You fucking sick person. Misusing your power. Literally. To, you rape someone. You misused your power in a way to get it to where you rape someone. <laughs> you got 10 years. You get 10 years for raping someone. That is really ruining crazy to me. Life. But that's because if more, in my personal opinion, if more men did get raped, the laws wouldn't be like that. You have a lot of men that made these laws. So to so them, it's not but ruining If a man lives. gets raped, He's not going to talk about it. Right. Because of how men it. shame men about it. Right? Like, it's, it's not women being like, oh, you loser. You were raped. No. And the people that make the laws for a long time, I mean, it's a patriarchy. So it's been men. So that's why the law is only 10 years. And why rape, like you've said before, they get so little time. Because all these nasty, power-abusing assholes don't see it as ruining a woman's life. 
the man's just doing what a man does to them, right? Like, that's why they let them off. Because to me, I'm like, that ruined her life. You can hear it in her voice. You can hear it in her voice that she will live with that forever. See, but at this time, a white man could rape a black man. And they did. And so, but that black man wouldn't talk about it. No man would talk about it. That's really fucked There's up. There's a lot of men that get raped that don't talk about it. Exactly. By other other um power abusing like yeah. it's just like why would you wanna why would you wanna remember t- Dean Coral? He had all those little boys and they kept picking up kids and raping them. Um and- there was uh most people don't know it, but uh what's his name? Um Clyde. From Bonnie and Clyde, he was raped. He was I know. believe that. A lot of people don't even understand that she was the person that led them. She was quote unquote the pants. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize she was that. the crazy she, one. Yeah, she was dark. She was fucked yeah. up. Really dark. And he was more and so she just had a the whole other guy. man. Yeah. They weren't even really together. Yeah. That case is fucked. Anyway, moving on. But yeah, he was raped in prison. It's really sad. It's really fucked up. Honestly the prison thing, the fact that people like the fact that people know that people get raped in prison and it's allowed, it's like you just know, right? We make jokes about it, like don't drop the soap, but it's allowed. How is that allowed? This is why I do get this dude taking advantage of this man, and it's like And like to the men that are in charge that have been in charge all this time, if you know that that's been happening, why have you not stopped that? That is not acceptable. I don't care what crime you commit. It's funny you say that because I I had heard a video of a guy uh, who was basically um, doing a reaction to like people in prison talking about it. And dude was like, yeah, I got stabbed in the face and, you know, stabbed in my side for just sitting on this guy's bed. I know it was his bed, but I sat on it. He was like, you sat on a dude's bed and he thought the only thing I can do is stab you in the face and the side. I'm trying to kill you because you did this. You know why? Like, it's that doesn't so make weird. any sense. And, like, you, it's not just people easily, like, just push it away and be like, Fuck oh, tough. murderers and stuff like that. But there's not just murderers in there. There's freaking people who are just in there for weed. Or just in there tax for evasion, the car. Something None of that dumb. makes you deserve to get raped, shamed, like, just fucked up. Have to fight for your life, prove that you're not tough. Like, we try to pretend like America's not a third world country. That shit seems third world to me. I can go in jail for a petty crime and be raped. Even on the women's side of things, they're like that too. Although a lot less, I will say. I've done, I've looked into these things. The women tend to like form like a family unit within the jail. I don't know why men get See, so aggressive. Women are more caring, but I have seen, there are those oh, big birth of ones that are just like, mm-hmm. I will fuck that woman. Oh, like, definitely. Yeah, like, calm down. Because there are like, I've noticed it in humans. It's just there is that more dominant trait. It's not it's not man or woman. It's like there are women who are built like men. It's just how I it works. I think it's testosterone. Yeah. I think something. And I then there are men who are just more feminine. If like they're we more, were more advanced, we would have been studying it. But you got to think. They didn't want to look at it. Right? Because men have always said, like, men are angry, blah, blah, blah. So why haven't we studied that and seen but, where and where You know, they from. set this up for us as children. Notice, we're given different bathrooms to start. We're given different bathrooms, which, okay, you know, like, where you're waiting for a bathroom? Yeah, that's what I mean. I think the best example is, like, for example, my stepdad telling Mason that when he started crying, he wasn't allowed to cry because boys aren't allowed to cry. Why? Why? It's an emotion. You let really want let a human out that to only be able to show anger? Or repress that, and then it becomes anger because I've been repressing this so feeling, this thing. emotion. Like, I am a little but angry. girls are able to feel that, and that's messed up. 
And that's my thing. Like, I'm angry with all the people in the previous generations that didn't work to fix these things. They just kept enabling them. Like, just because this is one male trait that, you know, your masculinity makes you be more aggressive or whatever it is, that's not all males. That's not no. all males at all. Some men are more feminine. And there is a guy that I work is... with that literally sounds more like a woman than most of the women in there. <laughs> but he's not gay. And the fucked up part about it is, Chris, all those men that are like that were treated badly by misogynistic men. And so then they get shamed into being more caring. That's what I love right now because... You know, that's that's the real weird thing about it is the same men who would shame them would be the men who would rape these same men mm -hmm. for being like this. Mm -hmm. So... It's fucking weird. You, it don't make no fucking sense. Are you... So repressing that too. you feel the same way the same and... men that will hate gay men will go into prison and rape men or are gay they are gay and they feel because they were told that if you're like that bad things will happen to you or that's not the man thing to do but it's like okay i feel that way and i'm gonna repress that and i'm gonna take it out on the men who are actually like that yeah who are accepting of themselves and ruin their lives or you could just say i'm gonna change that system and I'm going to be the difference. And then, you know, but then your dad doesn't fuck with you no more. Your family doesn't fuck with you That's no more because you're like this. That's why I love these Gen Z kids. I don't care what nobody says. I yeah. love that they're coming in and they're fucking getting rid of all this dumbass, horrible shit. I mean, we started noticing it too, like we our did. generation. Our generation like... enabled them to be able to do it. We were the ones that started questioning and wondering and said, I'm not going to raise my kid the way that I was raised. And yeah, because that. that's not that's not right. I didn't feel good. You know, and it allowed our kids to be able to speak up. I truly believe that I have a That's a lot of repressed emotion. Like they would force their agenda and then it just kept being forced until finally some it, it's not it's not weakness. It's it's more weak to act like it's not there or to act like this is just the way it's got to be. It's strength to be like, hold up. No, that's, that's fucking wrong. Y'all yeah. are dumb yeah. as fuck for accepting and allowing this for so long because y'all have allowed and molded this type of society. And that's why I say let's men, the good men, there are, there are y'all are out there. Let's stop saying not all men, not because it isn't true that it's not all men. But it's so many men, and it has been for so long, that the only thing to do is to stop saying that and stop ju and start just going against it. You know what I mean? Like like these dudes do on TikTok. Right now, it's a big thing where misogynists, ever since men got a podcast, it's been a mess. And there's a lot of misogyny going around. And there's men who are going against that grain and counteracting and saying, no, that's wrong. That's stupid. You're being dumb. And that's what will change it. Let's get off this tangent. We are over an hour into this episode. Okay. We're not even done. <laughs> All right, all right, you're right. So basically, Ronnie's defense team has spent years trying to get him a new trial with no success. Ronnie has unsuccessfully appealed nine times on grounds of ignored witnesses and evidence that may have raised reasonable doubt, but was not handed over to the defense attorneys because prosecutors claimed that it was irrelevant. Ronnie's attorneys have subsequently argued that the broken belt used in the murder has never been tested for DNA and that forensic experts have admitted to making errors in their testimony. His case has since been taken up by the Innocence Project. Rodney was scheduled to be executed on January 14, 2015, but the execution was rescheduled to March 5, 2015, based on a request by the state. On February 23, 2015, his execution was stayed to allow the consideration of further evidence. 
His execution was later rescheduled for November 20th, 2019. Now, this is probably where you guys maybe heard of this a little. In the weeks preceding the November execution date, celebrities such as Kim Kardashian, Rihanna, Beyonce, Meek Mills, Pusha T, Susan Sarandon, Seth Green, Oprah Winfrey publicly urged Texas Governor Greg Abbott to exonerate Reed or stay his execution. By November 14, 2019, a petition to free Reed started by Sean King had reportedly garnered more than 3 million signatures. A bipartisan group of 16 Texas state senators has petitioned Abbott to stay the death penalty on grounds that, that new, possibly exonerating evidence had come to light. On November 15, 2019, the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles unanimously recommended that Texas Governor Greg Abbott grant Reed a 120-day reprieve. Later that day, the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals indefinitely stayed Reed's execution to review claims of Brady violations, false testimony, and his actual innocence. On February 24, 2020, the Supreme Court announced that it would not be taking up Reed's appeal, citing ongoing litigations in lower courts. And again, in the same district as he was once convicted, and many of his appeals were denied, on October 31st, 2021, retired Bastrop District Judge J.D. Langley, appointed to re-examine the case, recommended to the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals that Reed should not receive a new trial. It now goes to the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals, which will have the final say. And that's where we're at. A lot of people speculate that the reason why Bastrop refuses to give him a new trial or to even release him on the lack of evidence is because it would bankrupt Bastrop to have to pay him for the 26 years that mm. they've kept him in jail. Plus, not to mention all the, the cases they probably have to throw out. Because if this case is repealed and that, that goes to the judge who, who sat on the case, the now his cases will have to be looked at again. Sheriff's office. Yeah, it'll really, it'll cause so much investigation into them. So other cases may also be taken back. And that's money that they'll have to pay other people mm -hmm. as well. And another thing is that Texas refuses to admit when they're wrong and they will they take this shit to the grave before they ever do that. Do you know who our governor is? Greg Abbott, asshole Abbott, out of here Abbott, gotta go this year Abbott. And I've never liked any politicians from Texas. It's just, they're all the same. They all act. That's why I hate think the people same. fucking talk shit about people moving here from California and stuff. We need to get more different liberal. Here. Literally. You know what's really sad is most of Texas is blue, but because of just the way that we handle things, most times... You mean redlining? Yeah. You mean things like that? The the should be illegal shit that they do to where they... What is it called? Gerrymandering? Yeah. Where they take... Gerrymandering? Oh, did I say... I Jerry. Jerry. I thought it was G-E-R-R-M-A. It doesn't matter. Don't come for us. You know what we're talking about. But anywho... Houston, predominantly black, thriving place. They break that up amongst all the little white places around so that that one place that would have the majority of the electoral college bullshit that shouldn't exist either. Yeah, You know what I mean? And so they can break up those black votes and things like that so that they keep it Republican. I'm not even going to get on that tangent. Back to the case. <laughs>
But as of now, um, if you live in Texas, if you live in Austin, I'm sure you've seen, they've had a lot of people um, with signs out for Rodney. Um, it was, I was worried. I thought they were going to kill him. And Texas has done it before. We covered a case with a, a father that likely didn't murder his family that was killed by Texas. Yeah. So I was so glad to see. And honestly, if I'm being honest with you guys, it was literally the clout that saved him. It was Kim caring and Oprah caring. If they hadn't, I don't think. But all the information on Rodney's case, the most important facts, things like that, you can find on the Innocence Project's website. They are invested in his case. Um, that says a lot to me. Um, other than that, we just wait and hope that the Texas Court of Appeals gives him a new trial. But nine times he's been rejected. Guys, I just want to pose it to you one last time. Um, in retrospect, yes, we can sit here and say that he is an alleged rapist. But we know for a fact that Jimmy is a rapist. We know that for yes. a fact. That is, that is, he was convicted for it. It's not proven, you know, like guilty, innocent until proven guilty. He is now guilty. So... We still have an innocent man who is allegedly guilty for a crime that he could have committed, but only thing that they're holding him there for is things that he allegedly committed. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that doesn't add up to me. And I hope that for anyone who thinks logically, that would be something where it's like you're either conflicted. I just hope that it's not where like you're completely like bought in like, oh, he's guilty. Right. Because if you ever have to sit on a jury, remember, it is beyond a reasonable doubt. So if you sat on this jury and you heard all this reasonable doubt, you should not have convicted this man. No. Period. And there's so much reasonable doubt. But. The cans alone. I would have been like, nope, nope. The cans. Whoever. To me, convict the people who had the cans. They're at the crime scene. Honestly, though, with given how Bastrop is. I could totally see like them. You could totally talk to a jury and just alone of being like, oh, she was with a black man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was with a white woman. Oh, no. Actually, just the fact that this black man is convicted of raping a white woman, mm-hmm. that alone would have pissed him off. Would have got him killed I, I just, a little sin- a few yeah. years earlier. So I, I can 100% see a jury of just all, you know, people from Bastrop thinking that this this man is guilty i could 100 percent see it it's it's an unfair system and the way that it was weighed here is just you gotta see some like wrong in it and it's not like a oh like black is like a victim thing it's just how it's been. you can see it through history yes and it should not be that way we don't want it to be that way trust me no <laughs> you know i um, would much rather but when it comes down to it for me oh, That didn't make any sense. But what it comes down to for me is the victim here. So much gets lost in the sauce for Stacey Stites' murder because there's so much. And and when it comes to cases like this where somebody's trying to prove their innocence, I feel like the victim gets lost and that sucks. But it's it's understandable. We want to care and get an innocent man that is still here off of death row. At the same time, somebody murdered Stacy brutally. Yeah. They raped her. They sodomized her. They strangled her with her own fucking belt. 
that is a horrible way to die, to die being strangled. And especially if it was at the hands of your lover or at the hands of your fiance. It's fucked up. No woman deserves it. I don't care if you cheated, if you fucking smell on Sundays. I don't care what the fuck you do. You don't deserve to be raped or killed. So I hate that Stacy's murderer could possibly have not been, even if it's not Jimmy, it could be just walking around mm-hmm. because we had tunnel vision. Oh it's God. fucking Jimmy. We know yeah. it's fucking Jimmy. It's really, it's really hard. Because I would, I could totally, I can't buy a random person. That's that's the thing. I, I can't buy Because she wouldn't have stopped for anyone she didn't know. She was driving to work. Here's the thing about Texas towns. You, you know your routes. And you know things like that. You know the people in this town. And the people in this town know the people in this town. And this is the 90s, so social media doesn't even exist. So there isn't, you know... So the people in this town who are connected are connected. Mm -hmm. So there is no way that a random force from this town was not picked up on or, you know, something. Someone would have been like, oh, wait, this guy was randomly passing through. We'd never seen him before. He would have been suspect number one. Even if he was, it doesn't matter his color. It's just the fact that you were passing through and we don't know who the hell you are. So I can't, I can't go for that. That's why Jimmy is my number one suspect. Mm-hmm. And the beer cans just add up that. Sadly, and the strangling adds up that. Yep, yep. And sadly, she probably never even left her house alive. That no. That was probably just the beer. No, I 100% think she, doesn't, she didn't. And looking back at his pool, it's no wonder that that other alleged rape victim's car ended up where hers did. Because that's where he placed hers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, 100%. Looking back on it, that's why I said at that time, I was like... I was thinking in my head, that's Jimmy. As soon as I read that, I'm like, you mean to tell me that Rodney murdered someone and put another person's car in the same place? No, that's what somebody does that's trying to frame someone. So we know his threats. We know his tactics. That's what I meant when I said about all the people who wouldn't come forward. Yeah. And things like that. Because they were told a certain thing. And that's really why I brought up the the case that, you know, like with the... uh, president in question or ex-president therefore uh is just the fact that like the way power is abused that i'm keeping this witness from even though this could be a pivotal point to make sure that you know i'm guilty i'm going to withhold this information from you and that's how guilty i am so this same type of situation where it's like information is withheld or you know his case just seems like it's not getting the same treatment because we've seen several other cases where they have immediately sussed the, the, the fiancé and kept pressing him. And, and notice, in the other cases, the, Alex, the Alexis Sharkey case, fiancés, their husband, fiancé, husband, husband, killed himself. Yeah. We've had, we've had two like that. where it So partner kills himself or a friend kills himself. It's just weird that we have that that common thing. It's a Mm -hmm. guilt tactic where it's like, this is weighing on me so much or pressure. So it's easier. And it's honestly by the grace of God that that girl, that 20-year-old girl had the the courage to come forward about what he did to her. He'd still be doing it. ASAP. And you know what? I honestly feel like, and that's not the way that it always was. You didn't tell when your husband hit you. You You didn't tell when your husband did certain things. And I think that's what we got to get away from Mm -hmm. because it's that type of toxic things where it's like, oh, if you do this, you fear for your life or you fear for hurt. But I I say it all the time. I say it all the time. 
snitching is not as bad as is you know like living with it. Mm-hmm. The fact that this person they can't hurt you when they're behind bars. When mm-hmm. when it's all said and done, that is where they are locked up. That's where the justice system fully kicks in because they can't get to you anymore. And that's the oldest lie in the book is I'll still be able to hurt you or no one is beyond that, like is beyond justice or should be beyond justice. And that's what we got to get to. I agree. Well, that is the case of Stacey Stites, Also the case of Rodney Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say again, when I try to search the case, Rodney's wallet comes up and for good reason, because he, his innocence should be looked at, but it's sad that Stacy does get lost in the sauce there. But no one goes forgotten on Forgotten Friday. So this is the case of Stacy Stites. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you follow us on the Instagram page, Two Bad Eggs Podcast, so that you get all the case updates. Um, I always put the pictures, videos, anything like that I'll put on the Instagram page. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you get updates every time we release a new episode. And that's all I have for today. Anything for you, Chris? Um, no, that's that's about it, guys. Uh, you guys, you guys stay awesome. Fuck yeah, and catch us next week on Forgotten Fridays. Bye, guys.